This is our devotional commentary for 1 Timothy chapter 2. I'm Pastor Doug Corlew. Welcome to the Abide Podcast, where we daily begin with the reading of God's Word. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling the truth, I am not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. I desire then that in every place the men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Likewise also, that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel with modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and gold or pearls or costly attire, but with what is proper for women who profess godliness with good works. Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet, for Adam was formed first, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing, if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. Praying is the most important thing God's people do. 1 Timothy 2 begins with an appeal to pray for the salvation of souls worldwide. We should pray for all people and all who are in high positions because God wants all to be saved and Christ is a Savior for all. As the God-man, Jesus Christ is the only mediator who can reconcile humans to their Creator. So, Christianity is both narrowly exclusive and broadly inclusive. There is just one God, and he invites everyone to receive his salvation. No nation on earth and no rank of society is excluded from God's universal offer. Christ does not save each and every person, but he saves all kinds of people verses 1 through 7. So we pray for everyone knowing that Jesus is Lord in every place, verse 8 says. But when it comes to public worship, specific instructions are given for men and women. In Western culture, gender is seen as fictional or imaginary. Some women no longer want to be women, and many men no longer know what it means to be a man. However, the God who created us in his image as male and female doesn't hesitate to highlight gender distinctions. 
God wants his sons to be noted as men of prayer, lifting holy hands with hearts that are pure. And while men are not to pray without gentleness, women are not to pray without modesty. God is the one who should attract attention at church. It's not that he wants his daughters to make sure they are always out of style, but he does not want them overly concerned about how they look. Verses 8 through 10. To the modern ear, this chapter already sounds like gender discrimination, and it only gets worse when women are forbidden to teach men. Instead, the text insists that a woman should learn quietly with all submissiveness. In the Roman world, women were considered intellectually incapable. But God confronts the culture by requiring his daughters to become students of his word. Like all good students, male or female, they should listen respectfully to their teachers. With hearts surrendered to Christ, godly women will submit to the leadership of church elders just as godly men do. But in Scripture, the role of elder is limited to men. Both men and women are gifted for ministry and empowered to share God's Word. See the book of Acts, for example. But only men should exercise church-recognized teaching authority when men are present in public assembly. Beyond this one biblical restriction, women are at liberty and should be encouraged to use their spiritual gifts to their fullest extent in the church. Some say Paul was wrong. Others say his words no longer apply. But Paul grounds his teaching not on cultural considerations, but on the created order and the responsibility God placed on Adam. Praise God, the Savior was born of a woman. I think that's what verse 15 means. It goes back to Genesis 3.15. But the church is God's family, and men are called to lead the family. That's verses 11 through 15. Thanks for listening to the Abide Podcast. For more information about Summit Church of Alta, go to summitefc.com. And I'll meet you again next time as we abide living daily in the Word.